Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Everyday Enthusiast podcast. I am Chris, your Everyday Enthusiast, and here I want to talk about some of the topics that caught my interest over the last week. So to start off here, um, there was a report in uh, on Forbes.com about a Samsung a new Samsung smartphone, or the new Galaxy line of phones is the Galaxy S10. And this being the 10th uh, anniversary of the Galaxy line, um, it looks like there's going to be some major, major changes. So there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, Notably, FOD, HOD, SOD, and UPS. Uh, All these acronyms are are getting out of hand. And if you don't know what that means, honestly, I didn't know what any of that meant before reading uh, through the article. But a quick, quick little summary here. So FOD is fingerprint on display. Uh, Essentially, this is an ultrasonic. It sends ultrasonic pulses, which use reverberation to build a complex and highly secure 3D map of the user's fingerprint. So the way I understand it is that on other phones, when they use the like an under the screen fingerprint sensor. It's just taking a picture of your fingerprint, but this is actually gonna use ultrasonic pulses. I'm sure that's, you know, more secure and, you know, better for whatever. It's better uh, to, say the, to say the least, but um, it is, is very, very interesting. Um, the next thing here is HOD or haptics on display. And this is far more than your standard standard vibration feedback that we all know on you know iPhones and, and other Android devices. It actually works to create the sensation of physical buttons on the display, which is very, very cool. I mean, I have to assume this is very similar to the vibration that you get from the new MacBook Pros where when you click the trackpad, it feels like it's clicking. It feels like there's a click there and your brain will actually tell you that there is a click, but there is in fact not. It's just uh, a vibration that that kind of fools you into thinking so. Um, so this is very cool. I'm not sure, you know, I guess they'll use that for button, button pushes and whatnot on the screen, but uh, very, very cool. Uh, the next here is SOD or sound on display. Now this, this is very interesting to me. This actually uses the screen itself as a single giant surface to conduct sound. So this, what this really means is that it will completely eliminate the need for a speaker or you know, a notch <laughs> to put a speaker in there because the whole screen will vibrate and produce the sound. This is amazing. I mean, future technology to say the least. It's just un- unbelievable. Um, And the last one here is UPS, or Under Panel Sensors. Uh, We'll see what it says here. This enables components such as the camera lens and facial recognition sensor to be placed behind the screen so they are hidden, but they can see through it when in use. So what this really means is that, again, there's no need for the notch or really any bezel because everything can be behind the screen and and not interfere with with that primary input that screen um i I mean look all of this together wow okay this is there's 
there is a lot to think about there, but what I think it all means is that we're looking at a phone with no forehead and no notch for that matter and no chin. Now, for those of you friends and family that might be listening that uh, are not kind of, you know, ingrained in this tech ridiculousness. So the forehead is, you know, if you think about older iPhones, the top of the phone where they had the earpiece and the sensors and everything like that. And there was it was just a blank space up there before the the new iPhones. That's called the forehead up top, obviously. Um, And that is now where the chin or sorry, where the notch is. Uh, the chin is that bezel at the bottom of the screen where on some Android phones you had speakers uh, and or the physical buttons before they went to software buttons. So that is the forehead and the chin. And the notch obviously took over for the forehead. But at any rate, we're talking about a phone here that is all screen. I hate to use the cliche, but you know, this is this could be like the dream phone that we're all looking for. Um, we're looking at something probably, I mean, look, we're not talking about a screen that's, that's 100% screen, right? I don't think so. I think this is going to be closer to 95 or 98% screen or if you, you know, screen to bezel ratio, if you will. Um, but we're getting there. We're, we're close, right? Um, but that's okay. I, I mean, I don't expect to have a slab of glass that I can see through and everything is, you know, presented on top of this just just translucent glass. I mean, that's that is very very future. You know, we saw that in the last episode or couple episodes of uh, Parks and Rec, one of my all-time favorite shows. Um, but I, I don't think we're quite there yet, and I think we're a long long way off if ever. Cuz there's got to be something to house the the circuitry and and whatnot. But um, this would be amazing, you, you know. Now, whether they'd be able to pull it off and pull me away from an iPhone, I'm not sure. Like, I love Android, but the skin that Samsung puts over top of Android is less than attractive. Uh, I'd have to, I'd have to be able to use a different launcher or something, or maybe even install, you know, stock Google on top of or on the Samsung phones. Um, I don't know, but you, you know, I've never used a Samsung for, uh, for an extended period of time. Maybe I would get used to it. I probably, I probably would. So, uh, anyway, nonetheless, I can't wait to see what, what Samsung has in store for us in the next year. And, and actually that's kind of the next little piece here. The last piece is that they're talking about this being the next phone released and possibly I think at CES, the consumer electronics show, uh, in January. So could be very, very soon. Uh, the next item I wanted to talk about is along the same lines, uh, Xiaomi. Uh, it's, it looks like it's, it's spelled X-I-A-O-M-I, but it's pronounced Xiaomi. Uh, it's a Chinese company, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and they have a new device that they announced, the Mi Mix 3. Uh, the reason I wanted to talk about this is, again, it's in the same line of the Samsung phone where there is minimal, minimal bezel around the screen. And again, I, I think I talked on a previous episode where I said that, you know, you're going to hear me talk about phones a lot because I, I just, I love the mobile, 
mobility and like the mobile devices and everything I always have. So there's a couple of things I wanna talk about in reference to this phone. First of all is the slider action to reveal the front facing camera. I love this idea. I've always liked the slider phones, you know, the dumb phones from back in the day. And this is just, you know, a bigger uh, implementation of that. It's a great use case for bringing back that slide mechanism. Now, I know this adds a mechanical element that, you know, could be one more point of failure, you know, depending on how durable that, that action is, that the mechanical action is. But nonetheless, it's a great idea I could see people just sitting there, you know, and sliding it and up and down and up and down. And um, I don't know, I'd be willing to overlook that mechanical piece because I'm sure there's, you know, however many million, it'll be rated for however many million slides before failing or something like that. I mean, look, we only keep these phones for a year or two, maybe three anyway. So, uh, so anyways, um, the next thing is the need for the front facing camera in the first place, right? Two years ago, I would have told you that I could completely completely do without the front-facing camera in general, overall. I just don't need it. I don't take any selfies at all. And I know a lot of companies are using it for face unlock, but I could really do without that. I really don't need it. Um, you know, I'd be just fine with a rear-mounted fingerprint sensor like uh, a lot of Samsung phone, or sorry, a lot of Android phones have. Uh, the Samsung phones as well, but a lot of Android phones have. Um, however, the desire to have the front camera has changed in the last couple of years. Well, I guess in the last year or two, really, only because we had our son. And you know, from time to time, I like to take a picture of me and him or the three of us, me and, and him and, and my wife. And, you know, the selfie camera is is nice in those situations. You know, you're out and you see, you know, I don't know, it's nice in fall weather here with all the colors changing. And, you know, maybe we want to get a good selfie of the three of us at the park or something. Um, so anyways, I, I would I would like to have that now, whereas, you know, a couple years ago wouldn't even be be an issue for me at all if they just completely got rid of the camera altogether. Uh, the other point here is the screen to body ratio. We talked about that on the last uh, topic. This is the second phone that we've that we've talked about here. You know, we talked about the Samsung phone, and you know that all screen feature. I don't know. <laughs> That's this is the the direction that all phones are going now, and I love it. I love it. I. Would love to see that phone with no bezel whatsoever. I don't think we're going to in the near future, but um, at any rate. Um, so, look, the last thing I wanted to talk about here is uh, the point about about me talking about the phones. This really doesn't have anything to do with with the phone, this phone in particular. But um, I actually, so I thought I talked about this on a previous episode. When in actuality, I'm looking at my notes now. And it looks like I just made a note of the point I wanted to make here. Um, you are more than likely going to hear me talk about phones and mobility a lot. Uh, you know, I remember a long time ago, I can't remember how old I was, but I was very, very young and I was watching tech TV. If you even remember that, you know, Leo Laporte and the screensavers and whatnot. And uh, someone came on one of the shows and they were talking about all of us walking around in like 19 years. Uh, that could have been 19 years from now, but the guy was saying that in 19 years, we're all going to be walking around in 
constantly connected to the internet at all times. And this blew my mind. And I would venture to say that this is when I was tr when I truly became hooked on the whole tech scene overall. Um, at the time, you know, we didn't have smartphones, so the conversation was about small portable computers. Uh, you could make the argument now that that's what all small smartphones are, and that's true. But at the time, my imagination started running wild with different ideas, these tiny little computers, and maybe it was a computer that didn't have a screen, but you had to hook it up. I don't know. I just It just blew me away. And so, you know, all that to say that you're probably going to hear me talk a lot about mobile devices and even, you know, mobile gaming devices, you know, the Nintendo Switch, you know, we've talked about on previous episodes and, uh, you know, the, the DS and... And, and iPads and things like that. So you'll probably hear me talk about that stuff a lot just because that's where the bulk of my interest lies. So anyway, um, the next topic I wanted to talk about here, coincidentally, is the upcoming Apple event, which as of recording this is happening tomorrow uh, on the 30th, uh, October 30th. So what I wanted to talk about here Last week we talked about the upcoming event and I said that it would not really affect me because, you know, I have an iPad Pro 10.5 and, uh, you know, I'm very happy with it. Well, I was slightly wrong, okay? Um, it's still not going to affect me uh, all that much. However, there's a new rumor that we could have a new iPad mini. Now, I'm still not sure if that's going to be tomorrow announced tomorrow or if that's coming in 2019 I've heard differing reports but look it overall the iPad mini I had the original iPad mini and I loved it in fact I still have it I'm looking at it on my desk right here I don't use it for much anymore right now I'm, I'm using it uh, I'm using a VCN app on there now and using it as a portable screen for my Raspberry Pi which um, maybe we'll talk about in future episodes, but that's a, another day. Um, but I just, I loved it. I think it was, you know, the form factor, the small side was, was perfect. And it was exactly what I was looking for. You know, I didn't, you know, the 9.7 inch was just a little big. Of course, I know I'm a, kind of a hypocrite. I have the 10.5 now, but you know, this 7.9 inch is just it was, it's great. I love it. And I had the iPad mini too, and I actually sold that off at one point, regret that. Uh, but at any rate, I, I still, I still think that this is the perfect, perfect, uh, size for me. But if they're going to come out with this new iPad mini next year, well, <laughs> that makes me want one. It makes me want to sell my 10, my 10.5 iPad pro and put the money away for, for a new one. Um, I don't know that I'll actually do it, uh, but it's very tempting. The other question here is whether it, uh, it, it well, okay. So I have the I, iPhone 10s Max, which measures in at 6.5 inches. And the iPad mini is 7.9. And if you, you hear that and you think, well, that's only an inch and some odd, you know, inch, whatever point 1.4 inches difference 
you wouldn't think that'd make that big of a difference, but it really, really does. They're very close, and they sound very close in size, but if you put one over the other, I mean, there's no comparison. Um, so anyway, I don't know, maybe, hell, maybe in the future, uh, you know, I can go with an iPad mini, uh, one of the new iPad minis, and that'll allow me to switch to the, uh, to the, to an Android phone. I have the best of both worlds. I can use my Android, uh, use Android hotspot and, uh, you know, still stay in the iMessage ecosystem. That's one of the main things holding me to it, but I don't know. It's very, very intriguing. The iPad mini, a brand new iPad mini, I would love, love to see. So we'll, we'll see what happens tomorrow, I guess. And then, well, tomorrow and then potentially next year. Um, so topic number four is happy birthday to the Apple iPod. So the original iPod came out 17 years ago. And this, this article dropped last week sometime, obviously. So where do I start? Uh, man. Um, so I wasn't ingrained in the Apple lifestyle when the first iPad came out. And so I didn't watch the, the keynote presentation, but I have since watched it. And it is pretty amazing. I know it wasn't as big. There wasn't as many people there. You know, it wasn't, you know, they didn't go crazy or anything, but it was still, it was still pretty awesome to watch even after the fact. Um, I was, however, kind of ingrained in the, uh, in the Apple ecosystem uh, around the, uh, the watching or, and, and I watched the original iPad Nano uh, and that first iPod Touch and, and so forth. So my first iPod was a third generation. Now this one so this one had the click wheel, but it had the four buttons above the click wheel. You know, play, pause, um, you know, stop, forward, backward, whatever, um, skip, whatever. The, it had the four buttons above the click wheel. I know that was a little strange to some people, but I just, I ate it up. I loved it. I had a blast with that thing. I took it everywhere. I... I used that thing. I remember finding ways to use it uh, as much as possible. Even using it uh, in in studying for school and making makeshift uh, flashcards in the notes uh, function of the iPod. I I loved that thing. I you know and just two years ago I got nostalgic and actually bought an iPad Classic off of Craigslist, the uh, 160 gigabyte version. I wanted. To get it and and put the flat put flash storage in it because if you look on YouTube, there's a bunch of videos of people doing that. But you know, when I got it, it works. It works perfectly, and I I couldn't bring myself to do it. So now I just have a bunch of old music on it that uh, that uh, that just sits around. Really, I'll put some audiobooks on there sometimes. But I mean, really, I'm just using it just to use it because I could do all that stuff and more with my phone. I have literally no practical use for it, but I love looking at it. I love having it sit there. So um, anyway, happy birthday to the iPod. Uh, the thing that potentially pulled me into the Mac uh, ecosystem to begin with. So uh, topic number five uh, I have here. So it is a uh, when I post the, the link in the description, it will be a link to a YouTube video. Uh, Dieter Bone over at The Verge did uh, an episode of Processor, and this was, it's titled, The Most Important Android Phone. And so the focus of the video is on the Motorola Droid, and 
what that did for the prevalence of the Android OS and uh, or in the beginning of the smartphone wars, I guess, if you if you will. Um, so when that came out, when this phone came out, I remember my brother-in-law, not my brother-in-law at the time, just a friend of mine, but my brother-in-law got this phone and I thought it was the coolest phone. I mean, I know the the iPhone had just come out and it was great, but it was, you know, it was unattainable. It was very, very expensive. And the Motorola Droid, it had the flip up um, landscape uh, keyboard. And, you know, a lot of people were still hooked on, you know, the physical keypads uh, on phones. And I loved this thing. I was so jealous. I wanted it so bad. Um, again, this just harkens back to my love of technology in general. I, I love, you know, all different kinds of ecosystems and, uh, and uh, you know, devices and whatnot. But I, I thought it was so cool. But the point that I wanted to make here uh, is that the focus here is on the co- there's a comment in the video saying that Verizon had a huge order of Palm phones at the time and they changed their mind at the last minute to go with the Motorola Droid phone. This is the single thing that set Android as the other option in relation to the iPhone. So I just, you know, I've talked in previous episodes about my love for the Palm devices. I know a lot of people say that those actual devices, the phones themselves, were not the best quality. And maybe they weren't, but I liked the design. I liked how small they were. They weren't trying to be the biggest. And I guess a lot of phones at the time weren't trying to be the biggest and everything, but I still loved them. My point here is, can you imagine if they hadn't changed their mind? If they had still gone and put all of the the advertising dollars with the Palm phones? I mean, it might be iPhone and Palm that we, you know, are talking about. You know, I mean, really, there's only two... There's only two options here when you talk about smartphones anymore these days. It's the iPhone and then Android. And obviously Android is a lot of different manufacturers and Palm would have been, well, at the time Palm was only one manufacturer, but maybe they would have licensed that out too. And, you know, we would have seen a ton of other phones or maybe we'd have Tizen as the primary Samsung operating system. That's kind of an in-house software system that they have developed. I don't know. Anyway, I just thought this was just crazy to think about. I kind of wish it had happened. But again, I like Android just as much as iOS. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy that those are our two choices. But I wish there was a third. I wish Palm had survived. I wish that was still around. And uh, it's just kind of crazy to think about what might have happened if they had not changed their mind. Um, the next topic I want to talk about here, I have no notes here. So... <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm just gonna kind of fly at the seat of my pants here. It's, uh, it is the review for the Lenovo Yoga Book C930. Again, Dieter Bone on the verge. Uh, you know, the title of the article here is Lenovo Yoga Book C930 Review, Two Screens and Lots of Compromises. We talked about, or I talked about this device uh, oh, last week or the week before, and um, I was very excited for something like this. This is the one that has essentially two screens. One, you know, it's a laptop or it's a laptop form factor. And one screen is your normal, you know, laptop screen, you know, your, your desktop. But then where the keyboard is, is an e-ink display. 
And so you can do so much with that. You can have, you know, your keys, you know, to type, or you can have, you know, an ebook there to read ebooks. Um, look, really what it boils down to in the review is that that e-ink screen is just slow and just terrible. <laughs> um, you know, the, the refresh rate on a screen like that has to be really, really good because there are people that are so, so quick when it comes to typing. I'm pretty quick, but I'm pretty quick on mechanical keyboards. Um, you know, actual switches, mechanical switches and whatnot. And uh, I, I'm really terrible, like for instance, on an iPad. I w dread the day where I, have, I would have to type on uh, nothing but glass and, and I don't I mean I'll hold off as long as I can and I don't know that that'll ever happen in my lifetime there's always going to be the the ability to hook up an actual mechanical keyboard to any kind of device uh, shoot sometimes I even hook it up to my uh, iPhone um, you know just to type things on there just because I can't um, but uh, it's just a little disappointing I mean there I know kids these days are can be very, very quick. Some of them are maybe even, you know, quicker typing on an iPad than I am on an actual keyboard. And, you know, for those that are adept, you know, in doing that, um, this would be a great device. But because the refresh rate is so terrible, and not only that, they're charging $1,000 for this thing. I just, it's just not there. It's just not fully baked enough for $1,000. I just... I don't know. I'm just disappointed in this one. There's not a lot more to say there, but um, I don't know. Take that for what it's worth. The last topic I wanted to talk about here is going to apply to very, very few people out there. Uh, and that is round two of the GMK Carbon keycap set is up. There's an interest check on GeekHack and the rumor is that that is going to drop uh, on mass drop in Q4 of this year. So, I mean, we're in Q4 now. So we're talking like next month, maybe December. So I think there's a little bit of explanation that needs to happen here. So I want to go back to how I got into this hobby. And, you know, the whole point of this podcast is enthusiast. I am an enthusiast of a lot of different things, keyboards being one of them. So I... I can't even remember how long ago. It must have been three years ago or, or so. I, I, I guess I could look up the Instagram post, but I saw a post on Instagram from Joshua Topolsky. He was the um, editor-in-chief uh, when The Verge started. Uh, I had been following him previous to that. He started, or he was at Engadget before they left Engadget and started a, a quick intermediate blog called This Is My Next before starting The Verge. And um, yeah, I've always kind of followed his stuff and apparently he was into mechanical keyboards or is into mechanical keyboards. And I saw a post of his on Instagram um, of a Vermilo uh, keyboard with SA Carbon keycaps. Now SA is the profile. If you look at it from the side, um, it's kind of the, the scoop and swoop of keycaps and how they're like contoured. Um, in the keyboard community, it's called sculpting. You know, they're sculpted. They kind of curve so that your fingers meet them. Um, 
I fell in love with keyboards at that instant, literally at that instant, because the carbon was like a like the the alpha keys, the keys with all the numbers were uh, like a cream colored, and then the um, modifier keys, which are all the keys around it, were like gray and orange. And I I love orange. I had an orange car, believe it or not, at one point. Um, and I fell in love with not just that color scheme, but keyboards in general. And I went down the rabbit hole. I, I was on blogs and reading about, there's Geek Hack is a website that is specifically for, you know, keyboard people that are selling keyboards and interest checks. An interest check is uh, something, you know, you, you, if you're gonna try and produce a keycap set or a keyboard or something like that that's not been done before, you wanna do an interest check to see how many people would be interested in purchasing your, you know, your product before you go down the road of having it actually manufactured. Look, we could, I could talk for days and days and days about this stuff and explain everything, but what I'm trying to get at, um, so after, I love the SA profile. If you see them, they look very, very old school. They look like what you would expect typewriters to, the keycaps that you would expect to be on typewriters from like the 50s uh, and 60s. is very, very cool. Um, but, I, I love the way they look, but I don't love the way they feel. I have a couple of sets, they look great, but I don't type on them. I type, my keyboard of choice is an HHKB, or Happy Hacking Keyboard, Professional 2. Um, and on this keyboard, the, the profile, we won't even get into switches and all that stuff right now, but the profile is a Cherry profile. Cherry is a company from way back when, they make switches, and they have a set cherry profile. Well, there's a German company called GMK that actually bought the molds, the old cherry molds. And so now they make keycaps in uh, different colorways um, and they produce them. I bought uh, a GMK set for my wife for her keyboard at work called Nautilus. You could look that up, very cool. Um, but I myself actually don't have any third-party uh, GMK keycaps. And I missed out. They ran round one of the GMK Carbon, I don't know, a year and a half ago or so. And at the time, I didn't realize that I liked that profile over anything else. And I'm telling you, I like this profile of anything else. I'm fastest on this profile. Anyway. Um, I didn't realize it, so I missed out. But uh, after doing a little digging, I just found the other day that they are running round two in like a month's time. <laughs> now, this does mean I'm gonna have to spend more money, uh, yes, but I can't let it go by because there is a chance that this could be the last time this keycap set is run, like this colorway is ever run. Now, I could buy it, you know, after the fact on um, Mech Market, that is a Reddit thread where they sell mechanical keyboard parts, mechanical keyboards, um, and that is, you know, it's moderated and everything like that, but um, I could, so I could buy it third party, I could buy it after the fact, but <clears throat> I would rather just get a brand new set. And GMK, they're such high quality keycaps that I'm just so excited. So anyway, 
I know that this doesn't, like I said, this doesn't apply to a ton of people. And at this point, it sounds like I'm just rambling and I am. Uh, I do apologize for that, but I'm just very, very excited about this. And I am definitely going to be finding the money somewhere. Um, I will sell some things around the house, some of my other stuff if I have to. This, I definitely have to get this if it, if it drops. And it sounds like it's going to. So anyway, well, um, folks, that is uh, all we have for today. As is always, I can be reached at everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. No dots, dashes, or spaces. Again, that's everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, stay enthusiastic. Thanks so much.